Hey guys, we're back with another episode of the Disruption Podcast. It's your host, Ankur Garg, with my co-host. Ludwig Royal. thanks for that. We had to practice that. <laughs> I <can laughs> apparently, apparently, I wasn't being consistent with what I was saying, so it was a problem. Sometimes you have to practice that. Um, I didn't actually practice it. <laughs> Too much. I, I told them I, I can't guarantee what I'm going to say. But more importantly, we're super excited about our guests. I have a fraternity brother who's joining us today. All and right. uh, shout out to Sigro. In addition to his marketing sales genius business partner. And uh, this category is disruptive in its own sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And this brand is called Low Key, quite in with the times. So I would like to welcome Hardy and Ashish. Harji, Harji. Harji. <laughs> Oops. Should have practiced his Start name. over. Start <laughs> over. <laughs> oh, there's a J. Harji, yeah. In my defense, he told me nothing about you. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I thought Useless it would be more guy. interesting for the podcast. He said, he said it, my partner's it, coming it from Brooklyn. He's Punjabi. You guys will get along. I'm like, okay, cool. And then I find out that we're both Scorpios. And we both just celebrated birthdays. We're clearly cut from the same cloth. I know. Agreed. You know, it's funny because my past is very similar to yours too. Who has more tattoos? Uh, I got one, two, three, four. I win. Nice. Fuck. You do? Yeah. Eight. Oh, Eight? wow. Yeah. What? I'm working on getting a sleeve, so let's see. I'm waiting for the artist <laughs> that I want to do my sleeve yeah. to just be available. Oh, they took like okay. a two-year hiatus from tattooing. Yeah. Tattoos are very expensive and they're permanent. You guys want permanent? I mean, I yeah. just got this one recently, <laughs> which is a toy that my, my dog's favorite toy. Uh, that so I understand why. It's like a line of it. That's an, that's an interesting choice. <laughs> yeah. Is the dog still alive? He's still alive, yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Is lo- speaking of that, is, is Loki pet safe? You know, we've never really tried it. Yeah, I, I would, think my I, dog might have had some one day, but like, he's tried a lot of substances. I think so. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I would not advise against yeah. that. You know, my legal team is whispering in my ears <laughs> at this exact yeah. moment, saying, They're on "No animals." Down. Yeah, are you are you allowed to post, or do they let you have any control of outbound mm. communication? I'm not allowed to, uh, on social media for Loki. <laughs> okay. If All you right. message someone, you probably get one of our assistants. Once in a while, Herji will yeah. answer. Maybe Rick in. So who responded to me when I DM'd you guys? Probably some of our team, I would say. Yeah. And then, then they'll tell us, hey, so-and-so yeah. is looking for you. And then we'll log yeah, in yeah, and yeah. then go from there. Okay. But we all have access to it. Yeah. But usually someone will tell us. Like, it's hey. on my phone, but I just don't have, don't go to the account as much. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, well, let's get into this idea yeah. of a cannabis-infused beverage. Yep. So when did this category launch in the world? Oh, I mean, beverages and cannabis have been around for a long time. Okay. I mean, if you think about like tinctures, you know, I mean, in a sense, that is a liquid. Uh, people do drink it. Uh, so that's been around for a while. But, you know, the first I heard of it was probably back in like 2010, 2011 uh, with Keith Cola. Yeah. Um, it was a beverage. Uh, they won a bunch of cannabis awards. And I mean, it was delicious. It was just blew my world, blew my mind that you can drink something and be high so ever since that i've been chasing this thing and the first product idea i had was back when i was in college it was called pot shot pot shot yeah it was a little (laughs) like five hour energy but yes exactly it was when five hour energy was coming out and i was like man if we could put pot in it and call it pot shot it would hit and i had a little logo for it and everything that's not bad we should do a low-key pot Ta-da. Product development. Yeah, right. Like, Shisha's first initial idea yeah. comes to fruition. So, so, so the idea of cannabis beverages has been around for a minute. Yeah, definitely. I would Why? Say like two, since like maybe 2010? Yeah. Not that long. Yeah, not that long. 2010. And yeah. when did you guys launch? 
This we, was 20... Uh, so we launched the first, uh, like the company, I would say the brand launched end of 2019, right? Okay. So I'll, it's actually interesting how it all came about. So I was actually at Rickon's house for the holidays. And at the time, him and Rickon were making gummies, yeah. right? Uh, and For personal use. Yeah. No. For, no. No, no, <laughs> for, no, no. for a company. That okay. too. But, like, <laughs> but they had a gummy company, right? And like yeah. they were making gummies for a while. And like when I was at Rickon's uh, house, he was like, Yo, do you want to try this edible? And the first thing that came to my mind, I'm like, yo, fuck that. I don't like edible. Everybody's had a bad experience with edibles, right? It's like, you never know what's going to end up happening when you take an edible. I've been to, I've ate edibles before. I was like, yo, I need to go to the hospital. Like, <laughs> fuck this, right? So my first like reaction was like, no, I'm good. But then he was like, no, it's actually a Delta 8 gummy. It's not regular THC. And yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is Delta 8, right? He told me the whole rundown a bit. There's like, you know, obviously the cannabis plant has hundreds of different cannabinoids and like Delta 8 just happens to be one of them. He's like, try it. The high is a little bit different. It's not going to get you as stoned. I ate the gummy and maybe like 15, 20 minutes later, I was like, yo, this feels fucking amazing. Like I'm not lit, but I'm, I'm high, but I'm like aware high, you know, it's weird. Like and I'm you, fully and, here. And you woke up the next day with a lion in your bedroom <laughs> and, and yeah, with, no, with no recollection of what happened. No, surprisingly not. I mean, maybe because I was drinking as well, but that's kind of when the light bulb went off because I had this gummy and I was drinking, I think a high noon at the time. And I was like, yo, hold up. Is there any good seltzer on the fucking market that is Delta 8 related um, and, you know, tastes great? You know, we, and we right at the, at the spot, I asked Rick, and I'm like, yo, is there anything like, not that I know of, right? There were seltzers or drinks at the time, like you CBD and stuff. Yeah, but like CBD drinks, yeah, you know, CBD, regular THC, regulated, mark, you know, super was, regulated. There was like so much the, that was the outdoors of seltzer. Yeah. So okay. like CBD, there was so many CBD drinks and like I call it CBD don't because it doesn't do shit for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like you'll drink five CBD cans and like not feel anything. So it's, I might as well drink water at that point. Right. Right. Um, but the light bulb went off and like we started looking online and there was literally nothing that came up. Right. I'm like, yo, dude, between the three of us, we have everything you could possibly need to launch a brand. Right. Between like the formulation, the legality side of things, the co-packing side of things. The like go to market brand digital A to Z like we had it like between and, the three of us and we spun it up really quickly like so so like backstory on me I also own a creative agency right so like we've been building brands for the last decade and like every uh, year every January we have like a town hall which like the whole team comes together and part of the town hall is like everybody pitches ideas right and we vote on the best idea and we'll fund it and take it to market so it sort of is like a venture studio in a way as well um, so I'm like yo guys. This is game changing. This is what we're fucking doing. I want everybody to stop every engagement you're working on for the next, you know, couple of weeks. And I want this in market, right? Yeah. We started working on the idea maybe second week of January. We're on the shelf by April, April. 420, exactly. Yeah. So that's with pro- everything. Yeah. Like 420, you're 420, on we're on the shelf. That's right? awesome. Yeah. Like I'm talking about package design. And this naming, is during COVID strategy, where like yeah. getting slim cans was like, oh, that's impossible. another story. That's like, another story. Yeah. yeah. That's like, we got to get into that too. Yeah. Because like, you know, when we started hitting the ground running on this, like him and Rickon were handling a lot of the sort of, you know, operations, co-packing, all that stuff. And we were working on the brand, the naming, the go to market, how to position it and all that stuff. Um, and then we realized that during COVID, Nobody would sell us aluminum cans yeah. because there was such a shortage. So we had to like go to literally ball, like the people who fucking make the cans. And right? we're like, all right, we'll buy the truckload. So <laughs> we're like, we had to come guns blazing. Like for them to take it seriously, we had yeah. to buy 500,000 cans. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like, and we're like, oh, we don't know what's normal. You know, yeah. most people start off with like regular labels with a sticker, yeah. you know, the fat little 12 ounce cans. 
I learned so much about cans that I did not know. There's oh different God, liners. Yeah. Like, I can tell you anything about a can you have. And now I can, by looking at a can, I can be like, oh, that's a 12-ounce leak or a 12-ounce leak. You know, in a way, we were like, we were like, yo, should we pivot and go into the canning business? Because, like, there's such a short supply of cans. We have 500,000 cans. We can sell these cans for a lot. We did sell, <laughs> we did sell some cans. Yes. <laughs> we, we, we wound up, like, dividing some of the cans yeah. and selling it to other companies. So we, like, made some money on that, too. But, like... Where, where everyone else was selling masks and flipping masks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cans. cans. Okay. Well, one of our partners okay. was selling masks and, you yeah. know, the pharmaceutical partner. Um, but that's <laughs> sort of how it came about. You know, like, it was... A light bulb moment. Uh, we had everything that I, you know, between the three of us that we needed to really bring a product to market, and um, it's been very interesting, man. Because like we launched thinking we would go after a certain category, yeah. but when we were in market, the market reacted totally different to it. There was a whole different segment of people who were actually enjoying it more than we thought they would. Yeah. Um, and a big part of our, you know, sort of brand was like we never wanted it to be like I'm getting fucked up, I'm getting lit, I'm getting high. You know, like all of our sort of communication never promotes that in any way, shape or form yeah. because when responsible. we were responsible, yeah, when we were like looking at, you know, how to position this, we're like, okay, cool. Cannabis people will buy this it's low hanging fruit for them. They know exactly what the fuck it is. Right. We don't need to sell this to them. Who we're really trying to sell it to is like non-cannabis consumers, right? We want them to be like, oh shit, this is actually a perfect alternative to alcohol. I can have a few of these, not be hung over no the next morning. You know yep. what I mean? And like not, all right, I don't know about you guys, but I never did anything I regretted Hi, but they have been multiple things I've done drunk that I'm like, fuck, dude, why did I do that? You know? So we sort of position it as a perfect alternative to alcohol. That was sort of, we were trying to go after the NA market. Yep. And um, it's five milligrams. We kept it very low dose. So yeah. like, you know, you can have one can and still like function. But you guys are being modest, right? Because you are going after like White Claw, like the hard seltzer. That's so not really because, you know, it's funny. We did like this campaign back last summer, I think, where we had like wild postings around Brooklyn everywhere. And yeah. like the whole premise was, the world doesn't need another hard seltzer. Right. Yeah. Say so hello many. to the better drink. You know, right, so because right. everyone has a hard seltzer now. Like everybody has a hard seltzer. And even like the the ready to drink, like the cocktails and stuff. Oh, by the way, I own a liquor store. So there I can actually product test and see what's coming in. Like Jameson released their own like lemon and lime. Now Malibu has their pre-made drinks. Like before, they were just in bottles, but now they're making canned beverages ready to drink. But I can tell you this outsells those brands in yeah. my store. People are kind of gearing away from the larger brands and going for new, unique like yeah. products. And this is just a whole different category. Let's back up a little bit, yeah. right? Because we just got right into the money. Sorry. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so wait, hold on. Wait. No, no, no. What's your name? How much is a can? <laughs> <Yeah>. How much <laughs> is one one blank can? Like, you mean an empty can? How much we like? What does it cost from 20? ball? Oh, uh, we paid 19 cents back then. Now yeah. it's closer to 26 cents. So when you recycle that can, is it still a nickel? Uh, I, not every state even gives you a nickel. So I don't know if you know that, but not every state gives you money for the campaign. We're going to have to talk about that separately. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. I can Go ahead. <laughs> Let's get into the weeds. So I, I just want to take it back to the beginning. You're a real estate finance guy, right? Yeah. So how did you get into the creative agency then? Oh, into dude. <laughs> so, so, yo, so when you were telling me your story, I was like, bro, this that sounds like my like, story. We're like the same people. Yeah. So went to school for real estate finance, worked in real estate finance at a company called CDI Corp in their real estate acquisitions division. And growing up, I was always, you know, more into the creative stuff. I've always been producing music. I still do. You know, I still perform and stuff yep. like that. I was always into art and photography. And like, you know, I just went into finance because like, yo, I can make a fuck ton of money, you know. But at the time, like. Make mom and dad proud. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, it was like, I knew that's not what I wanted to do. And I always knew that, you know, I wanted to do something in the creative space. Um, 
Then I took mushrooms once. <laughs> Straight up. I wanted to say uh, drugs. That's so, why you go no, I literally I took fucking I first time I ever took mushrooms. Uh, I took like almost four grams, which is a shit ton for your first time, and just had like this whole like entire ego death and like you know realization of like yo, what the fuck am I doing? You know, mm. quit my job. Literally, like they say, don't quit your job after <laughs> taking mushrooms. And I did it right. But I was lucky enough that like at the time we had a vendor that we worked with that also was in the creative space. They were like our vendor and he was like, dude, you would be really good in this creative world. Did you ever think about coming to like the agency side? I was like, I didn't think about it. But he's like, yeah, you know, let's do it. So it's funny how it happened. We went out for drinks and like he offered me a job at the spot, but I was just so fucked up. It was like this young, you know, me finance bro. And I was like, bro, I don't know if you could afford me, bro, but like, you know, I'd entertain it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy slipped me his card and he's like, okay, email me what you want in terms of the salary and we'll take it from there. I still remember. I woke up the next day fully clothed, right? Still, you know what I mean? I was going through my pocket. I'm like, what the fuck do I have to lose? Let me email this guy, right? I'm like, hey, man, it was nice meeting you. This is what I'm looking for in terms of salary. Let me know what your thoughts are. Dude responded in like five minutes. He goes, done. Meet me in my office. I'm like, what the fuck? I threw like a crazy number too. I was like, all right, cool. Got in there, started, you know... I knew so much in the real estate space and I knew so many players for them already and they already like 70% of their business was real estate creative, right? Uh, and for me, like I could, I knew the, like the, I knew what their sort of bottom line was. I knew how to talk the language, you know? So as soon as I learned the creative side of it too, it was like, it sort of clicked. I was like, yo, I can actually make money from my ideas now. Mm. Holy shit, this is crazy. I would go into like meetings and pitch reckless shit and they'd be like, <laughs> all right, let's do it. I'm like, what the fuck? This is dope. Like, so, yeah. Got to the point where I moved to another larger agency, worked at DDB, which is like a larger advertising agency, then went to another agency and worked my way up to creative director. And at the time I was, it came to the point where I was bringing in all the business anyway. I'm like, yo, what the fuck am I doing? I might as well start my own company. Left, started freelancing for a little bit. Cause like I had a non-compete with so many people. So freelance for maybe like four months. And then from there just started picking up clients left and right. You know, I knew a lot of people in the industry. Real estate was like the easiest thing for me to pick up. So we started uh, working with like a lot of REITs, uh, started working with private investment funds, mm. and then like started branching out to different sectors. Like we started working with um, food and beverage, fashion, technology, hospitality, did hotels and all this stuff, right? Um, company scaled. We have an office in Williamsburg, we have an office in Dubai, and like, you know, it's been amazing ever since. I feel like I found my Ikigai or whatever it's called, right? Where I can just. <laughs> I love doing it and I get paid to fucking do it. I'm like, yo, say no more. So you so, still have the agency. You still, still have the agency. agency. So yeah, that's still it like. It does, like literally before we got here, as I was driving and as he was on the train, we're sending messages to his team about the new updates because we're launching a new website. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so they're very active. It, you know, that's why I'm able to leverage our entire team for, for Loki because it's yeah. like sort of our project internally, right? So that's that was like a big competitive advantage for us, I think, versus everyone else trying to do it in the space. So like, you know. A lot of people launched after us and like yeah. the branding was shit for all the people, but I'm biased. Remember that one that. brand that literally copied oh everything? Oh my God. There was this one brand that literally copied verbatim everything. everything from our website, everything on our can, like copied it verbatim. I was like, the, bro, this is wild. I was <laughs> like, that's when you know, like you did a great job. Yeah. Uh, I mean, shout out to NLA Her. <laughs> copying everything I did in Shrines. <laughs> but, um, you know, I did you guys like hack my brain when I came to me designing the logo for this? Whoa, you guys extended your... But Wait, like, is this is this on purpose? Right. I know I designed this logo for us. That, yeah. and, and, but it was, you know why it's a low we, key logo secretly in yeah. my brain? Yeah, it, it must have been. been. It has to. It had to it that is fucking nuts. That's crazy. <laughs> I didn't even notice that until you because you, you know why list. we did that, right? Because you were on my list of potential guests. People, for the yeah. Show. <laughs> yeah. And you know we're we're like we're doing asset design of like yeah. how we're going to go and premiere and After Effects and figure out what we're yeah. going to do. And then I found this font that extended the letters a certain way. I'm like, yo, I love this. Yeah, this is it. 
right? But like, which letter do we extend? And so, you know, with color theory, <laughs> um, you know, phonetics and like yeah. looking at all of it, I quickly decided it was going to be those two letters. So that's that's one part of our like uh, in our brand identity. It's where we stretch the O out. Yeah. Because when we were sort of going through the exercises, we're like, OK, so why do people drink this? Right. It's because you're trying to really like stretch out time in a way. And yeah, like because you're enjoying, the moment. That moment. you're enjoying that moment. You want to yeah. extend that moment. So. You see a lot of our creative will have like a, a moment in the background where someone either is like on a rooftop or at a beach or on a yacht and like the O is just stretched and it warps the time in the middle of it. Right. Yeah. So because like you're trying to remember that amazing yeah, time. Yeah, you're trying to savor that moment yeah. and like, you know, be present when you're drinking it kind of thing. And that was a big part of our like identity when we did that. So <laughs> RG hacked my brain. I got to be thinking. About That's how good we are. So, okay. Subliminal. So wait, why did you guys extend the O? You just like the way it looks? Uh, I mean, the idea of disruption and the idea of someone reading a bunch of podcasts and going through the thing. I mean, when you see this, you're going to stop and try to figure out what it is. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Right? And I just want to show it to you. Like, phonetically, in, in the way you would say this, if I was like one of those robot voices, like the Transformer voices, I'd want the O to be the thing that's oh, extended yeah. and then the D to be the thing that's extended. Yeah. And, I mean, I, it's weird. I make all these decisions in branding that are related to color theory. You know, the whole like like red and yellow makes you hungry. That's yeah. why McDonald's uses it. And, you know, certain colors will make you feel calm. Certain colors will make you angry, so on and so forth. And, I mean, there's a reason behind everything I do. I yeah. just don't, I don't like explain it half the time. Right. What's just, funny is like I'm in finance and marketing is my like greatest weakness. Like I hate it. I think it's all fugazi. But then, <laughs> all right, I got someone like Hergy. Get to him off the pie. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> then I got someone like Hergy to explain it to me and like, we actually went deep down with the brand. And I was like, oh my God, this is actually where everything should be done. And like, there was a real reasoning behind it. Oh, yeah. Whereas before I was like, man, we, I just care about how much we get it for, how much are we selling it for. Yeah. But no, no, marketing <laughs> is more important. And Herji had created this, not a mood board, but like this presentation where he showed us three different options of what we wanted. What is that called when you do that? So when we like do a lot of branding exercises, it, we... It, it's called making an annoying client happy. <laughs> That's what it's called. He did, he did for a the great record. job. Like, okay. And I was like, man, I love all three. Can we launch all three products? What was that thing? So we, we call them like creative directions, essentially. That's what they are, right? Because like we literally built three different brands almost. It's not just like photos. It's like actually thought out like creative directions that they can go. And we sort of landed on this one where I remember, yeah. Yeah. And there's all different color schemes. And then we like narrowed, honed in on it. And then I was like, man, I just like love it. And we weren't going to name it Loki at first. Remember we were going to call it something else? It was, I forgot what we were going to We had like a shit ton of names too. Yeah. And like, but we wanted four letters. We yeah. thought four letters was super important to us. Oh, glow. It was called glow. Glow. Yeah. Yeah. But same with uh, the O we were going to use. Yeah. But uh, then like, it was like something just hit us. We're like, dude, we like Loki we like because Loki. It's, just it's because easy to remember, yeah. you know, and like, Loki's great. Everyone always asks, is there any association with like, you know, the Loki Marvel character? And there isn't at all, but hopefully we can grow big enough one day where there can be something one day. <laughs> like, well, he's, in, he's in my phone book. We can get him oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but when you said like you had one job, it came to that, that one meme with the Loki character. You had one job and he's yelling and we send that meme to each other all the time. It's yeah. just like when something doesn't get done, it's like, you had one job. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about or no? No, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm envisioning that scene right now in my brain. All right. So, I mean, obviously, we're not going to go down the TVA route. We're going we're gonna to talk back about disruption marketing and what you guys have been doing to gain market share. Yep. So, I mean, your social media is dope. I'm annoyed by how good it is. The, the question that I have is how do you get around all the regulation? 
and figure out what you can post, what you can't post. I mean, I bet you guys have been on the verge of being banned and shut down at least 30 times since you guys have launched. Yeah. So, so let's talk about it. We're, we're already banned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my God. How do so we, we've how already we, been banned, you know, yeah. like, and it's, I think it's, it's like week three, four. Well, no, no, we got it, a was, few months it was once we started, once we started to attempt doing a little bit of paid media. Yeah. Right. And like, now we know loopholes, which I might give away the secret on this podcast, but like, <laughs> um, but you know, we got banned maybe like, I would say we, no month four. I was yeah. Month it, four it was because we started early. doing paid media a little bit just to test the waters because the industry that we're in, you know, if we could do paid media, we would have scaled this so fucking fast yeah. that like, you know, it would have been, but in a way though, I'm kind of happy that we have to do it the hard way because everyone else has to do that. Yeah. Everyone else has to do that, but we're actually reaching people the real way, you know, yeah, like organically, not, it doesn't feel like, you know how, when you're seeing a, something that's a sponsored, yeah. you automatically yeah. feel like, damn, yeah. I'm getting tricked. And you yeah. don't feel like you love that product. Yeah. But if you see it organically, like you're like, Oh shit. Like this is relatable. Should we tell Ashish that I don't know how marketing it's all fake. <laughs> it's all fake. Tell him, yeah. like, I'm okay. still living in like you know Fugazi oh land. My God. <laughs> um, no, we we all. I mean, the one thing for us is like always try creating really really high quality looking content, so someone's more inclined to share it. Maybe you know, yeah. or just it should be visually appealing to look at it at the same time. So we don't post that much, but when we do, it's like very intentful. We I get think, a lot right? of no's. Like yeah. we we show things and we're like, nope. No, yeah, yeah. no, no, a lot of no's. But, but you know, it's been difficult to scale it because we can't do paid media and like we can't do any ads, we can't do any Google ads. But back to your question earlier, like we've been banned already, you know, banned in the sense where our account is still active, but we can't do any advertising on it. Yeah. Um, but we haven't gone to the point where they completely banned, banned us. But and like delete our, disable our account. I think they might have shadow banned us in a way. I'm not sure. But like if you ever get deleted, just call us. Yeah. yeah we'll, you know how to- we'll turn it back on. <laughs> but more, more importantly, um, we should definitely talk about the loopholes. Right? Yeah. I mean, between the four of us, there's a lot of cannabis brands that follow us and talk yeah. to us. And yeah. Honestly, these people need help. It's It's like before, it's like supplements in the 80s. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. Re- it's like no one knows what they're doing. The wild, no one knows wild how west. to get in front of the right people. Yeah. I think give us one secret that you have for specifically getting content to be approved. Yeah. Right. For what you're going to post and not have that content come down. And then I will give you one of mine. Yeah. So that it's not just all one sided. So for. I guess, you know, loophole wise, it's more along the lines of how you can run ads and, and you know, paid media side of things. So a lot of these cannabis companies that sell, I would say, hemp derived cannabis on, on e-commerce, right? Um, you can't run paid media directly because your website says like cannabis, THC, blah, 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 all this stuff. So what people do is they actually spin up a subdomain, for example, learn.siploki.com, which is just a blog that talks about, you know, things in the space, but not really selling anything directly. Then what you do is you'll have a separate account that, you know, links to that subdomain and you could run ads on that. Then you could run ads talking about the product, not really selling it directly, but more often than not, someone's going on that landing page and click that shop button. The shop button then routes to the regular page, which is like what can has been doing that cannabis companies, which a lot of cannabis companies in the space have been doing a lot of these like psychedelic drinks in the space have been doing. And I don't know how long that's going to work, but, uh, as it soon works. as this airs. Yeah, as soon as this done, airs. Done. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, in terms of customer acquisition cost, yeah. in terms of like these pay and spend and all that, are you able to calculate it? We're not at that moment. It's hard for us to do that because we... when well, we, We're not even spending any money on it. We're not spending money yeah. on ads. Yeah, that's the crazy part. We're not spending any money on ads at this point. Um, when we got banned from, I guess, paid media, yeah. specifically like Meta Platform and Google... 
We're like, let's route the money to where where it's actually events, where it's paying back, which activations. is uh, activations, yeah. events, and they like, have been. I think. Well, we, I feel like we see the actual success of that versus yeah. when you do online, you don't know if it's working or not. Well, you do, well, you right? Know, like, you you could track conversion rates very yeah. easily, like seeing how many clicks how many go through, clicks it. go through, and like what your return on ad spend is, and all that. But we never even got to that point where yeah. you know we weren't able to get there, like yeah. scale it. You guys are notorious for having these activations in Austin, Miami, right? Yeah. New yeah. York. Have you expanded past that? Um, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. And a big part of that is because to do it properly, you need significant capital, like to do it really right. I'm talking about like doing an activation where transnational tours, yeah, wow. so, bang energy. Like, how much did you guys like? It's a hundred thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars at a minimum for a good looking event. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like even <laughs> if you're a sponsor, right? We were going to sponsor like this huge music festival, like uh, a year ago, a year yeah. and a half ago. Yep. And this is like post COVID. We're thinking like everyone's going to come out. Yeah, and, and you know we were very close to doing it. We even negotiated a pretty good deal. But at the time, we're like, okay, cool. But it would be even more dope if we did our own event, right? Like it, I know so many people in the music industry. For us to do it, it would it would be very easy to execute, right? Um, but another thing that we did that sort of hacked the events was working with artists directly yeah. so like a lot of djs a lot of musicians we sponsor them right and what they end up doing is they put low-key on their on their hospitality rider so when you're in the booth like you'll fucking see cans of low-key and like these exclusive parties green, in New York green and m&ms so. and low-key yeah that's what <laughs> literally I green m&ms and, and low-key yeah <laughs> so it's it's sort of been going that route kind of was we did made in america that was we a did good, made in america was a very yeah. good activation you know yeah. we had a conversation with armani armani white the rapper before he got famous yeah. with that billy eilish song he went on his instagram was talking about like how he had this drink and he loved it was it. hilarious it was hilarious yeah. and uh <laughs> we actually had a call with him and his manager uh, we yeah. were like talking about how he could be one of our first uh, artists of our yeah. Loki arts program. Uh, we didn't even get into that. Yeah. yeah. And then wh while we were doing that, like he dropped his song and he just went, yeah, he, we kind of dropped like the ball a hundred times. He's like, yeah, we dropped the ball. Armani, <laughs> if you hear this, come back, bro. Like, <laughs> we definitely messed that up, but you know, but we only met him because we were at made in America. We were like at that do say, like do say was there. Yeah. Loki was there. And then a few other brands were there. We were in the, so we the, were only in the VIP areas. Yeah. Right. Um, which is sort of what we tried making this brand feel like, you know, from day one, it's like, let's make it feel exclusive, right? But be very obtainable. What does that mean? Like, I see it at Soho House. I see it in like these VIP places, but I could walk into my bodega and buy it still. You know, mm. that's sort of how we positioned it. So yeah, yeah, most of the activations that we did was like in the VIP areas. or We like, kept it know, low key. Yeah, but like, kept it low key in a way. Yeah. As long as I get my Aki way, you know, <laughs> and get my Loki at the same time, it's yeah. all good. I understand completely. So the idea is to disrupt or to get in front of people. You have these direct partnerships and direct line of sight to the brand. Yeah. And then in terms of utilizing these tools that everyone else is using for building brands, you found that you have to kind of skirt around to make it work. Yes, for sure. In the space that we're in, we have to work with what we have. Literally, we play the cards that are dealt every time and the yeah. cards keep changing in this industry, which is really annoying. The best but. analogy that I ever got was like, imagine you are building a football team, right? All right, like, look, I got my quarterback. I got a few wide receivers. You show up to your first game and they're like, we're playing basketball. <laughs> or no, they just changed the field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're playing basketball yeah. today. And you're like, well, I didn't hire, you know, a point guard. I don't yeah. have a center. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. what am I doing, you know? Yeah. 
And my center is a different kind of center, you know? But <laughs> it, in a way, you know, it's it's sort of this, these sort of, all this red tape. It, it's we great see for it us. as an opportunity yeah. because- We move quick. We have like a whole creative team that can like execute immediately, whereas other people don't really have that. I would, not that I know of, right? So And there's three decision makers. Yeah. So we were on a group text, a group text together, and we're just like, hey, we need to do this. Okay, okay, boom. It's getting done. So like literally today, like we were like, okay, we need to launch recipes on our new oh, site, yeah. right? <laughs> And we we have this new employee, ChatGPT, who's like, <laughs> so like oh, really? expensive. So, yeah. expensive. So, really? so literally, like within. Well, tell him the name you gave him. Within the oh, was, well, I forgot what it was. Uh, Chatham, Chatham, Chatham. GPT. Yeah. So, um, no, within like the train ride here, we launched a whole section on the website that yeah. it has recipes already made, you know, and like has the images already done, like ready to go kind of thing. So. And the employees that are doing it are like, I kind of actually want to drink this drink. And I'm yeah, like, like, it's <laughs> actually really fucking good if I read these recipes right now. <laughs> So in terms of straight up disruption marketing, what do you think was the most successful campaign in your launch? Because I mean, I'm not gonna lie, it is definitely a household name in, yeah. the, in the cities and in the states where it's available. Yeah. Uh, what's the most successful? I feel like the, the world doesn't need another hard seltzer. That was a good campaign. Yeah, so yeah, we did this whole campaign where it's like, even the creative for it was like so minimal. It was just like a huge white poster that says in bold letters, the world doesn't need another hard seltzer. You know, we wanted to say something that if someone reads it, they're like, you're right. The world doesn't <laughs> fucking need another hard seltzer. I mean, the choices are endless. Yeah. Truly, and it just says, you know, say hello to the better buzz. And it just has like a, a, a logo on it, which is, I guess, vague enough. Someone would be like, yo, what the fuck is that? Yeah, right? What are they and talking like, about? Yeah. Like we saw a lot of people like scan the QR codes, you know, and those turn into sales online. Um, I like the wild postings. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing, but you know, again, Hergy opened. We had stencils on the streets everywhere in Williamsburg and New York. Like, you know, it's, and we kind of rode that out into other things onto like social platforms. When we worked with other artists, they were posting about it. It was like a hashtag, right? Um, But I think that might've been like the most recent successful campaign. I guess another one is like when we launched, we go all the way to the beginning before yeah. we went live on 420. Like oh, the pre-sale. Thing. We wanted to see if there was a real product market fit for this thing, right? And like we were just we were going 100 miles an hour. And we were like, like, what if nobody buys this? Yeah, shit? what if no one buys this <laughs> shit? So we did like a small campaign, yeah. I would say, where we let people pre-order a four pack, right? Yep, and we yep. did almost like 1,500 pre-orders. Yeah, that was. Shisha never got my pre-order. Yeah, <laughs> actually. 100%. Oh, yeah, fuck, never bro. got it. He's ops. So that's on oh, him. Like, wow. So we're I don't know custom. why you didn't get your pre-order. <laughs> I, I mean, I was Did in you Pens- like click the, like after Pens- it launched. Yeah. Did you- Pennsylvania. Were you able to ship to Pennsylvania? Yeah, we yeah. shipped to Pennsylvania. Yeah, I never but got after it. you uh, pre-ordered it, did you, like when we said, hey, oh, now wait, it's available. Wait, wait. I, I did get it, but I think I was drinking that night. Oh, oh <laughs> dang. I think I combined it. I, you you just called customer service. I and did actually get yeah. before. I, wait, now that I think about it. You know it. what? I'm going to go back because I can look at all the data and, be, and check the addresses <laughs> and yeah. see who pre-ordered. Because I love data. He, he put yeah. up one of those messages in the fraternity board. He's yeah. like, hey, hey, brothers, please support. Yes, yeah. I did. I, do if that. I don't sell 500 cans, we have to <laughs> yeah. close this company down. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I actually, I ordered. I forgot. I So I did go on to the, like our fraternity. Yeah. Uh, Facebook private group and I posted and from there that's actually how we got another partner onto the team Lance yeah, who's oh, been true. killing it for yeah. us in Texas you yeah. want to talk about marketing and like oh, bro, Lance is a fucking beast well, yeah, yeah, Lance is like my go to guy like I know I love Hergy but I love Lance yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, this guy like this guy's because he's selling pallets bro yeah. <laughs> like, pallets. <laughs> yeah Lance is like oh man in Texas like 
he lives that Loki lifestyle. He even created the Sippers Only Club. Yeah. Like, you know, you got to be a sipper to be a part of it. It's, yeah. I mean, what he's been right. doing, again, and what I like about doing random things like posting in a fraternity thread or even on Twitter is like, you don't know who's going to respond to it or what they're going to do it and how he's helped us blow up in Texas. Like, 100% of the credit I think goes Texas to him. is probably one of our largest markets at this point. Yeah. And he's definitely definitely been killing it for us yeah so let, let me ask you this i've been thinking about this this whole time we're talking because obviously when you're in the, the beverage space it's super super competitive right oh, 100%. so let me ask you this um i'm sure this is what keeps you up at night and tell me if i'm wrong you have to have speed in this market because at some point the white claws the budweiser's they're gonna pick up on this if they haven't already yeah and there's going to be a proliferation of this CBD, THC branded drink. Now they're scared. And they're going to flood the market. And oh. they're fake. They're fake. Like, if you told me okay. oh, White Claw's releasing a cannabis drink, like, dude, they were never in the game. They don't know cannabis. They're just stepping into it. We've been in it since day one. Did all the hurdles. You're telling me when regulation opens up, the consumers are stupid enough to be like, oh, yeah, I trust White Claw with their yeah. cannabis thing. No. Okay. They're, they should stick to their lane. So you're not scared. No. That doesn't keep you up. Well, at this night. helps me sleep at night. Perfect. If anything, <laughs> I, so, if anything, I hope they acquire us. Like, yeah. If like, anything, yeah. Uh, yeah. You should acquire okay. the real brands like, you know, yeah. Yeah, I get Can, it. Keith Cola, I mean, Loki. Like, we've well, always sort of said, like, we want to become the Red Bull of this industry. What does that mean? Like, if I, we want a Formula if, One if I say to you, like, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you say energy drink, right? It's either Red Bull or Monster. There's yep. all the other shit, like, no one even thinks about, right? We want to position this in a way where, like, if someone says, "Yo, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when I say cannabis drink?" Like, yeah, there's going to be like two or three. Loki, yeah. one of us. Yeah, um, and you know, believe it or not, a lot of people say that it's Can and Loki. Those are the two yeah. that are like the top. I say come to mind first, and I think a big reason is because both Can and us, like, we invest so much time and thought and money into brand building and brand equity. Another four letter name. Yeah, great branding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so do you have? Um, how are you going to get to that next level? How are you going to get acquired? Like, how are you going to grow to that? Because I've heard of Cam, yeah. right? I mean, I listen to podcast. Uh, this is important podcast, yep. right? I love that podcast. I think they're. I think one of the guys might be a part owner or whatever. He gets to talk about it on the podcast. Yep. Is that something you guys have looked into? Look at another podcast or looking at you know. Well, we have to take how you do not cheat on me with <laughs> yeah. another podcast. Okay, we're not to talk about that. So I mean. Look, the, the, they raised sixty million. They like, raised sixty. That's the thing. Yeah. So we okay. let me start by saying we are completely bootstrapped. We yeah, we're no outside capital. We're self-funded. You know what I mean? Yeah. When yeah. Can went to market, they were I think they did something in like TechCrunch and like or whatever that that sort of thing is where they raised money, right? So they raised a shit ton of money from day one, and it was easy for them to kind of you know get to that level. And right now, that's I think for us, we're like okay, let's prove this concept first with our own money, mm -hmm. right? And we'll get a higher valuation because we're already like. Revenue generating, you yeah, know, versus, yeah. dude, I want to launch a seltzer. Can I give three million dollars as a you know friends <laughs> and family round or something like that? Um, but to that point, like, how are we going to get there? It's going to be through sales and marketing, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, um, we're in the middle of raising a round, so you know, once we do close this round, a lot of that money is going to go to hiring the right sales teams, hiring you know people going in the stores and doing taste tests and like going to events and stuff like that. I think that's the next step for us. Essentially, remember, we're all three of us are new to the beverage space. Yeah, this is the first like, beverage we launched. Like <laughs> we've we've learned so much in the last two years, and I'd rather learn with our own money than all right, Uncle, invest in us. Give us a million dollars. Let yeah. me burn through your money. Trust me, I could spend other people's money way faster. <laughs> but when it's your own money, you like take you make decisions very carefully. One hundred percent. And yeah. once you understand the model, then it's easy because 
you're not going to make any mistakes with other people's money. And that's yeah. very and important. Yo, to tomorrow, us. if we wanted to launch another beverage, we could do with our eyes closed at oh, this yeah. point. You know, like, and come to us with any idea. Like, we might as well be an incubator for beverages at this point. Yeah. I think we kind of know understand all the, it. And we know how the distribution game works, we know how the Salesforce work. And we've leveraged all our networks. I mean, like having a bunch of our friends own liquor stores or smoke shops or yoga studios really helped us out. Yeah. Like <laughs> yoga studios. Yeah. Like yo, yoga studios are a big market for us. I, 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 I believe it. That's like, yeah, like <laughs> yo, I know you're so back to what I was saying earlier, when we launched, we thought we were like party goers would love this. But yo, like it's still you have lot. sober moms that love this drink. Like hard, there's like a whole community around sober moms that just like have parties with Loki instead of wine and shit. I'm like, mm. what? Oh, this is wild. Like, you, you forgot uh, the one thing like we forgot to talk about is we stopped asking to get put in a cooler next to the seltzers and all that stuff. Yeah. We actually asked to get put next to wines. Reason being, when you're walking down the wine aisle and you see this, you're like, oh wait, I can do this with my friends instead of drinking a bottle of wine. And look, yeah. a bottle of wine, you're still spending like $20. You only get four glasses of wine in a wine bottle. Well, you have four cans, it comes in a little four pack and you'll grab that instead. And we've seen our sales increase versus you stick it in your cooler. It's you walk by, it, you miss it. Whereas like next to the wine, yeah. this thing sells. Oh, I love that. So I again, guess- learning. And I also have my own liquor store, so it helps again, like, Trying you, you guys things. are also getting into bottling too, right? So I was going to yeah, say yeah. that, right? So another part of like getting to that next level is having multiple SKUs, right? Because in this retail game, having shelf real estate is going to be so important, right? Because right now we have what five SKUs, right? Five SKUs, yeah. Um, the idea is to have like double that number almost, maybe, right? To have so many different types of SKUs so that when you're walking down the aisle, you see Loki, 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 Loki everywhere. Like kind of like if you see Marlboro, they own fucking like an entire thing behind the counter usually, right? Or even Corona. Corona, Corona has yeah. 24 packs, six packs, exactly, packs, exactly. cans, yeah. bottles, like mini, yeah. But for Everything. us, the next thing we want to launch is going to be a bottled version because yeah. we want it to be like this beautiful sort of like high end Hi, like it's going to be a flex when you fucking order this in a nightclub kind of bottle you know what i mean like right now you order an ace, ace of spades or you order a casa azul or something like that sort of a flex so we're gonna have this beautiful bottle with that actual just that <laughs> o on it right and we're thinking about the bottle being that shape too um and it's going to be a lot higher of a uh concentrated there content. so when you pour shots you want to be able to pour shots over there or make cocktails out of it um so that's the next thing we're going to launch i think next year that's the plan for the bottle yeah, yeah. it's yeah. been it's been on our to-do list but like we say no a lot and yeah. we've been like focusing on design, trying to get it right. We don't want to launch a shitty product. You know? That's another thing. We take our time with things, you know, so we rather, if we're going to do it, we're going to take our time and do it right versus, you know, just putting something out there just to get it out kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. These flavors took a long time because we had to like, there's Dude, multiple. we did focus groups. Yeah. We did so much shit to get these flavors out. Like it's, and you know, people have been loving the flavors so far. Um, we're using like exotic fruits and whatnot. So again, you know, everything we do, we want to- one thing I can tell you, I forgot to tell you is like, um, when I sell it, uh, people are like, what the hell's a yuzu? Like, yeah, he I said that too. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you did? Okay, yeah. see? Yeah. Like, sometimes maybe we're going too exotic, yeah. but like guava, you, you know- yeah, the, the yoga lady is Aldo, yuzu. <laughs> yeah. It's these uptight finance but guava, that don't have answers. Guava is like kind of mainstream, but like maybe 10 years ago, like no one knew what a guava yeah. was, right? I'm Indian. I've, oh, I'm yeah. Everyone knows what that is. But, uh, all right. So, let's get into some hard stories, right? What was What's one regret that you guys have? Other than having, uh, you know, half a million cans sitting somewhere. Oh, dude. I would say not vetting one of our co-packers. Yeah. Because oh, we... Oh, no. Let's get into it. What yeah, happened? dude. We So, when we launched the first can, we kind of got super fucked with this one co-packer who I think was sort of like... We were their guinea pig because they didn't know what they were doing, right? 
So we had like almost 60,000 cans we had to throw away because they were leaking and all this shit. Dude, it was a disaster. Oh, so yeah. I think, you know, going through that learning curve, we kind of realized that. Look, Betting co-packers yeah. is way more important than the price you actually pay to get your product. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like pay more. So, and it's that applies to marketing too. If you want good marketing, you got to pay up for it. Yeah. You want a good co-packer? Pay up for it. Dear clients, pay up for it. hundred <laughs> percent. Like hashtag pay up for you, it. You, you pay for what you get. It's like always and no matter we what tr- industry that is. And we were just so naive. We yeah. just didn't know. We were like, all right, they'll run it for us. Great. Let's just do it. Yeah. We got 500,000 cans. We got to make money. We, like we were trying to be in a rush to try to make like to make that money, make that brand, be the first out. Yeah. But we sh- some things we got to slip. Again, if we had taken outside capital, great. I just burned through all these other people's money. Nope. If it's ours, we feel that pain. We never want to go through that pain again. Yeah. So that was, I think, one of, at least my biggest regret was like dealing no, with No, I agree. Like, yeah. Everything else I love about this damn yeah. thing. I had a similar problem. Um, a seasoning company I was involved in wanted to launch jerky. And so we jerky? went to, yeah, we went to oh. jerky. Because obviously, you know, she seasoned yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. right? Like, what's another extension to that? As soon as we, we found this one co-packer for jerky that did it, meeting all my specifications, which was pretty extensive at the point. Me being the branding guy, I had to make some badass jerky bags. Yeah. Right? That yeah. would like stand out in retail and I would be at every bodega, every gas station, every rest stop. I made this amazing bag. But the person who was making the bag and the person who was filling the bag, their machinery didn't, didn't line up. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what happened. Every yeah. single bag had a hole in it. That caused all of it to go bad yeah. in 24 hours. Oh, my yeah. God. And so, you know, we have all of this stuff getting shipped to our warehouses and our DCs, and it's arriving smelling the, the rankest, like, stale meat, meat. possible. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> We're like, how is this? Po-? Like, I ordered, I think it was like 1.2 million bags to make this work. Yeah. I was like, what is going on? Oh. It, it was just one of those things where you're not in the jerky industry, so you can't like, ever expect that to be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so then, I, yeah, same same with us. I yeah. feel like you know we were probably that co-packer is like guinea pig so they could figure I, out how to work in this industry. I, but. I can tell you what went wrong because once something goes wrong, you want to dig into it. So we started sending our cans to different um, like is it the can issue? Is it the sleeve issue? Yeah. Is it the lids? Because uh, I also didn't know how these cans were sealed. Like we learned all that through the process, and we figured out the problem was their machinery. They kept retooling it, so they would do like different size cans. And when you retool it, if you mess up the specification, um, the lids don't sit on properly. They don't seal properly. That can cause oxidation. That'll cause it to like start poking holes, yep. leaking. And if one can leaks, your whole 24 pack is wet and moldy yeah. trash. Oh, wow. Dude, we had to throw away pallets. I like- have videos of us using forklifts, picking up a pallet, and I'm just like, I know how much that costs. And I'm just seeing dollar signs going into yeah. the trash. I'm just like, oh my God. And, you know, it was funny when that happened, like it created, I think, more of a demand for our product because we were sold <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah, we're like, we're, we don't have product. Right Everyone's like, yo, when are we getting more product? We're getting more product, you know, because a lot of our, re- our reorder rate is pretty high with our retailers. Yep. So um, we would just get blo- blown up like, yo, when can we order again? When can we order again? So it kind of created a demand in the market, I think. So Demand and then like they were mad at us and then, you know, fielding those phone calls was not tough. But yeah. you just tell them the truth, like, yo, look, everything got fucked. <laughs> and we're gonna make it right. And then, you know, like our reputation as a brand was so important that everyone who had an issue with their cans, we, we replaced just, every one of them. Yeah. We refunded all their money, kind of thing. Like because or gave we're them not, the new batch that the, the new flavors. For yeah, free. we're not trying to be in it just for one year, make some money, and get out. It's like we 
my reputation is good. Like, for example, I didn't say anything about Herjie to you or, you know, I just told Herjie a location. He shows up because he trusts me. And I need that kind of level of trust. Where are we hiding the body? <laughs> like, he'll just show up and... Uh, Whose car are we taking? Yeah. That's the question. No. So, in business, like, your reputation is super important. So, don't... Like, if someone needs something replaced, just replace it. Don't try to save that $8 because it'll cost you thousands. But yeah, biggest regret... The co-packing. You know what's in- interesting is that we, we've been doing a, key, a few of these podcasts, right? And we've had guests before. And the ones we've spoken to about disruption marketing, it's funny the the themes that we get are that some of the, you know, we're in the digital world. we got social media, right? But some of the most disruptive things are occurring outside of what we think is marketing these days. Like, it's old school marketing. Like, for instance, Jamie, it was uh, the billboard, right? Which oh, we is, love those billboards. I know Those billboards. Yeah. You know what, yeah. right? You've seen them. And for you guys, it's actual activations, like in-person, outside of the, the, the digital well, no, sphere. Harji stole Chick-fil-A's marketing. He said he didn't have a cow being like, eat more chicken. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> I mean, that campaign with the yeah. uh, hard seltzer, the, yeah. Yeah, know, yeah, that's exactly. a great campaign. Yeah. I you, got you, man. I know you're done. Yeah. <laughs> How much thought have you put into like influencer marketing and getting these cans in like Taylor Swift's hands or something so, like that? So, you know what? Like a lot, but we just haven't executed on it yet. And it's crazy that we've gotten this far without doing any influencer marketing because I feel like that's just going to take shit to the next level, right? Yeah, I, I know we did like, like, I feel like. It's like cut the cameras. Oh, let's start. <laughs> let's start doing a deal right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, because here's the thing, yo. Look, we're, we would be new to the space too. Let's be honest. Like we, yeah, because we don't do influencer marketing yeah. at all at our agency. You know what I mean? So we've done it once. It's just they're fucking annoying to deal with every time. They don't know how to deliver on mm. deliverables. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's so, a nightmare. So I, think, I think we know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, another thing I, I would say is like a big part of like the brand itself is like it, we wanted it to be low key. We don't want to be like, yo, check this drink out. You know, drink it kind of thing. We always wanted it to be in the background, yeah. you know, have cool people drinking it kind of thing, but never feel like it's salesy. Yeah, like, you should try my drink. Yeah. It's delicious. It yeah. gets too high. <laughs> like, I feel like, I don't know, influencer marketing, it just seems and, kind of... And when I've tried influencer marketing, they fucking never follow the script. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're just, just a nightmare to deal with. So... If you have a solution for that, yeah, we're open. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I know I think we know a guy. Make that work. I, I guess we're more curious to understand... What is the growth trajectory for the category? Yeah. Like, is this going to be the next thing that I see at Whole Foods when we're just like walking through the store? I mean, we're talking well, about... Minnesota. Oh, yeah, so, no, no. There's... So, I, I, Business Insider did like a study on this. When we were launching, we were looking into like this exact question. Like, where is this market going? Do we want to actually invest all the time and money into it? They think it's going to be like a $6.2 billion market in like... 2025, oh, right? Interesting. So, to put that in comparison, do we know what the number is for alcohol? It's, I don't know. Uh, well, I can tell it's, you alcohol I mean, I is trending hard down. Alcohol is trending down. Oh, yeah, hard seltzers. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. Okay. I don't know off the top of my head, but I know, I do know, like, surprisingly, alcohol is trending down a little bit yeah. because I would say, like, millennials, Gen Z, and all that stuff, like, they're not drinking as much as, you know, our generation. Your generation, I guess. Uncle, Uncle Garg says he stops drinking. And all of a sudden, the whole industry is like, no, what are yeah. we going to do? Um, they're, they're consuming cannabis a lot more. And now yeah. that it's, like, a bit more, I guess, it's legal it's in so many places, legal, right? Yeah. Like, you walk around Williamsburg, it smells like weed and pizza. That's what Williamsburg <laughs> smells like. So, But see, we want to get away from the weed smell, hence a canned beverage. Like, because eventually people are going to get annoyed with the smell and the process of rolling, like yeah. it's like a ritual. It's a lot of work. This is like, but, right? In I mean, hey, man, an old fashioned requires a lot of work too. Yeah, yeah. Right, where you're going into it. But 
Will there ever be extensions for Loki into the other categories of cannabis products? I don't know, man. We we thought about doing like uh like maybe like trays and stuff like that, but like and then like but not like I don't think we're gonna do any other like beverage. cannabis products. We're gonna stick with, we're gonna with beverages. Yeah. We're good at it. It's our thing. You know, I, like it's easy to launch a gummy company and just yeah. put a Loki label on it and sell it. Like we're gonna stick but, to beverages. I'm yeah. pretty confident on that. Yeah. yeah, but we do like the whole enhanced option of beverages like when we launch uh, a beverage like this is regular you know thc whereas there's other cannabinoids out there and yeah. uh, like our first one was delta 8 thc and each cannabinoid is a little different and we like the whole functional beverages space so that's why he was so, so this is the idea of like a shot in a beer when you go out to a bar right when someone takes a shot of yeah. beer, you might have like a shot of like delta 8 and then have the we lucky. it's funny we, we talked about Potentially, like in in the future, who knows? But trying to psilocybin seltzer, that would be wild. So, if anything, it would be a different. Like, it would be a whole different thing, psychoactive style, thing, right? Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. We're probably way, way far away from that being legal. So, yeah. um, we, I mean, anything that we create, it needs, like he said, it's got to be a functional beverage, right? Otherwise, most people would just rather drink water or coffee or something like that. So, okay, I think it's that time we're gonna flip the script. Do you guys have any questions for us? Having known our backgrounds. What would you do differently if you launched this? <laughs> For Loki? Yeah. Differently? Oh, man. I'm such a fan of like the marketing that you guys are currently doing. Well, have I you think... seen the Sip Loki Texas page? Or have you only seen the Sip Loki Instagram page? Just the main I've Instagram. Seen, I've seen everything. You've seen everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my buddy Ashish posts <laughs> at least once a week something disruptive on the, the fraternity listservs. And it'll either be like... Oh my God, I'm so proud of so-and-so brother for whatever they're doing. And I'm like, serious FOMO, right? Like, why does why hasn't he said that about me yet? Like, what are you taking so long? Or Today I'm gonna go home and be like, I'm so proud of Uncle Gar. <laughs> yeah. like, or, or they'll be like, hey guys, I just learned how to put a palette together. Aren't you proud of me? Right? And and I'll just be like, I just have seen this thing for three plus years of everything you guys are doing. That I've, I've seen all of it at this point, okay. right? I think the influencer marketing route, being that affiliate marketing and everything that goes into it is so new in your space. Yeah. It's something that would exponentially grow sales. I think so too. What's, I would agree. Do you use uh, something called share a sale? Have you heard of share a sale? Yeah. No, I'm in marketing. I, I know okay. what share a sale is. Okay. <laughs> so like we're looking at that as an option. No, we, we kind of, I mean, we, we set it up, but yeah. we're I, I forbid you. So we're not using that. Yeah. It's forbid. A, it, it's well, a okay. Tell platform. me why. Cause like I need to hear real. It's people. 2023. Yeah. It's it's a horrible platform. There's so you many have different things. You How dare you <laughs> talk about using something that's like Wix. Dude, it was this one PR agency that we worked with. Uh, uh, let's not go. That was another regret, by the way. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I agree with you. I think influencer marketing is going to like take this exponential growth, I would say. Um, but it's about executing it right and having the right influencers, I think. You know, the influencers that are within the audience segment that we defined for the beverage, I would say. Um, but the hard part about that is, man, like the audience segment that we define, like it's hard to have them be influencers, right? So, so the easiest way to answer all of let's unpack that real quick. So what we targeted the beverage towards what we call Henry's high earning, not rich yet people, right? Where none of these people are going to want to fucking, you know, be on Instagram influencing. They live very low key lives, right? Um, oh, so it's, it's interesting. Like, how do we, did you say high earners, not rich yet? Yeah. We call them Henry's high earning, not rich that's yet. A, right. That's a term in the so that, that's <laughs> what we targeted that. from day one. And, you know, these are the people that are a little bit more influential that, you know, 
people kind of aspire to be like maybe i don't fucking know but yeah. it's like the brand muse in a way right yeah. what i guess the best way to describe a brand muse for people listening to this is like when you see a nike ad right a nike ad is always like this fit good looking fucking person running through williamsburg or paris <laughs> right but the people who are actually wearing Nike are going to be like normal motherfuckers who are like a dad who just wears Nike shoes, who's aspiring to be like that person. Right? Yeah, yeah. So our brand muse are like these high earning, not rich yet people who are global travelers and stuff like this. Right. But how do we get people like that to be influencers, hmm. you know, or yeah. like do influence? Uncle's like, I got him. But you <laughs> might have the answer. I don't know. Like, You don't want the Henry to be your influencer. No. That's not that's not the question. Yeah. That's the wrong question to ask. Yeah. It's, it's, it's who, who does Henry, who does Henry look have at? Yeah. clout? Celebrities. That's so what I mean, Henry looks you know? at. But like how the cost to get a fucking like Kanye to be like, yo, this is my shit, you know, it's gonna be astronomical, I'm guessing. Have but. you looked at those costs yet? We did. I, I think we looked at it with a few rappers, believe it or not. Uh okay. and they weren't. They were like pretty high up there. Yeah, and I was like, I'm not I'm, I'm not like, yo, how can we return how can we calculate return on that spend on that? You know, so yeah. All right, so let's talk disruption marketing yeah. with solutions for everything we're talking about, right? So um, I'm curious to know if you have some of these answers yeah. uh, for the same questions that I had asked myself in one of the spaces I was in. Let's just say supplements. So, uh, I mean, I don't think I've ever done a podcast with these things. So this this could be some viral vertical content that's about to drop. So I'm entering the supplement space. I need to study the hell out of it and understand yeah. what are my objections, what are my obstacles, what's the average amount someone pays for protein, why do people take protein, so on and so forth. I did a little study with some friends that worked at Herbalife and Vaisalis, and they gave me some answers to some stuff that like blew my mind. What do you think is the number one reason people buy a piece, you know, a jar of protein the second time after the first month? The second time after the first month, they finished it. Um, because it went bad, the first jar. <laughs> okay, I like interesting that. answers. <laughs> so let's ask the more important question: Why do you think people don't buy the second month after the after the first month? And so that's your guess. So they just didn't stay committed to going to the gym. You've heard this from me before, right? So you know the answer. So. What do you think? Taste. So they never opened it. They never opened it? So they bought it because of a momentary decision of an emotional yeah. connection to well, wanting so to lose weight. Well, probably right. Like, they <laughs> <were> <laughs> bad. For, for why they did buy a second jar, <laughs> sort of. Except if that happened, they didn't buy the second <laughs> jar. That, that was the part that I was like, I don't know where his brain's going with this. So when I realized that the number one reason, you, you so you pay all this money for customer acquisition costs, yeah. but that they don't buy again, it's because they never opened it. You yeah. convinced them on that emotional decision that you give us a try. But then they waited three days to get the product. They got it. They put it in their cupboard. They don't even know what to do with it, yeah. so on and so forth. So one of our secret sauces that created the dis disruptive movement and community and everything is that we would call them and speak to them okay. as soon as their package arrived. And you know, conceptually, like if they had a um, Vitamix in the house, we would FaceTime them and pull out the Vitamix and make a shake with whatever they had in their yeah. fridge. And the idea of overcoming that obstacle for that user got them to then get past that immediate hurdle that Vaisalis and Herbalife were telling me were over 74% of their customers not coming back because they just never opened it. Damn, that is wild. I did That's not good. know that. But do right? you think people would buy Loki and not open it? Like that doesn't... So it, it, interesting. I, I, I don't know the stats, but I can yeah. tell you there are beverages that my wife and I will buy, bring to the house, and they're just sitting in the back of my fridge because yeah. it's too hard to reach. 
and I don't know if Loki's in the front of my fridge or if the beverage that we have is in the front of the fridge. Well. I, do know I, that I will say that, like, you know, it's, you're saving it. Like Loki is something that some people save. Like, not well, even. I think. The, I, mean, I think there's a the hurdle that we have sometimes. It's that it's such. It's it might be intimidating for some people, right? Because if you slop cannabis also on something, there is still a part of your brain like, yo, I don't want to get that high right now. You know, so I have stuff to do. Yeah, exactly. So there's. I think that there's that small barrier of entry. But what we when people do crack that can open and they try it, they're like, yo, this isn't that bad. You like know? I'm not. Like too you hot. finished one right now. Gone. Right. You, yeah, I mean, you're still you're, you're still good. normal, yeah, right? Absolutely. So actually, this is the happiest I've seen Ludwig <laughs> in a long time. <laughs> Thirty I, minutes later, it's yeah. like his past <laughs> yeah, okay. on the couch. Yeah. So if I was told that the objection is that people are afraid yeah. because they've never had a THC beverage, I, all my marketing would be around solving that fear. Yeah. Oh, right. Point. So I would say one can is equivalent to two cigarettes, or one can is equivalent uh, we to. Have, we have actually to have that on some of our like when you order a can of, of a four pack now, you get a little. We get this beautiful like leaflet that shows okay, one can is like similar to this, two cans similar to this, right? Um, and yeah, even, or, or you know, one can the effects should last an average of thirty minutes. Yeah. Should last an average of forty oh, yeah, forty five minutes, or you know, you can proceed with operating heavy machinery after an hour or <laughs> after a meal or whatever it is that you would yeah. need to say that is compliant that you're able to say. And then I would make that my campaign instead of the world doesn't need another seltzer. But that doesn't need another seltzer write is actually check, a, is a phenomenal. Write the check. <laughs> but that's cut the shit and cut the check. <laughs> <laughs> another one. <laughs> <laughs> But like you're, the campaigns that you guys ran were phenomenal for B2B sales. Yeah. Right now, another yeah. hard seller is such an easy win, right? But I would have also incentivized the retail market to pick up these brands with certain like accessories and gifts with purchases and so on and so forth that would make it that you're not cannibalizing their margin on wine. Yeah. yeah. Which you currently are doing, Definitely. which is a problem. And you probably are probably not seeing that problem right now, but we, we'll talk about that off off the air. And, and that's a problem you guys are going to see probably the next six months to 12 months with yeah. your marketing technique and everything you guys are doing. So then, you know, I asked myself when I had Shred's launch at GNC or I had these other opportunities where different brands are going in certain spaces, how do I not cannibalize the margin for the store? But the distributors, I can tell you this, like we work with the distributor in New Jersey. They are a wine distributor. They're the ones that picked us up because they saw the reason and the need to move into this space. And when they go, they're like, look, if I don't carry your beverage, somebody else is going to, and they're going to cannibalize my sales anyways. Yeah. So either get on board yeah. or lose anyways. Cause at the end of the day, like that category is losing. Like there's, you're absolutely right. That is, that is the only way yep. to deal with that objection is the fear of missing out, right? Yep. The FOMO of not having a product in this category. Yep. And then if they, that, that's that's when you start dealing with the competitors also entering the same category and yeah. competing with you for the, the shelf space and you know the inches and so on and so forth. You have to have the highest revenue by square inch. Yeah. Right? And that, that's a very key KPI that all these retailers look at. And obviously your cans stacking a certain way or having a certain amount of space. We actually got rid of the do. box because yeah. our box, I think, was taken away from how nice the can was. Like, I think that was a decision that we... Yeah, we had to make because we realized the box was. It was a beautiful box. Don't lie to us. That box was sixteen cents, and you wanted to save the sixteen <laughs> no, cents. The four pack topper is just as expensive. Yeah, so we yeah. actually, I mean, we're saving maybe a little bit of money on two that, cents. You know what I mean, yeah. but um, what we saw happening was a lot of people who were we were doing boxes for retailers too, and they were just like taking the cans out and throwing out the box. We're like, why the fuck are yeah. we spending money on the box, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and we're like, it kind of hid the beauty of the can. Yeah. And like now when you see it, there's like a yellow can, a, yeah. a pink can, a white yeah. can, a black can all next to each other. Yeah. You, you don't miss it. 
you don't miss anything. Yeah. My daughter keeps asking, where's the green can? Where's the blue can? You know, so like. Oh, another thing we didn't even talk about is like the fact that our drink is five calories, zero oh. carbs, zero sugars, you know, and one of them is actually at zero calories. They're going to just drop that at the end of the show. Yeah. Right. Be, yeah by, by the way. Calories. Yeah. By the way. Hella, hella healthy. Yeah, it is. It is, it is hella healthy. Yeah, for sure. So. So, so here's the other thing I want to answer yeah. for you guys. What I would have done differently. Something I haven't seen you guys do is I would have activated my customer base to introduce me to more retail locations. So like introduce us to your yoga studio yeah. and get X. That's a great idea. Right? Because obviously you, you found an op, you know, a win there, right? And there's yoga studios, there's saunas, there's, I mean, meditation studios. Yeah. I mean, there, I float mean, centers. So what's, float what's centers. really interesting with everything you're saying is like we're planning like a whole email marketing campaign thing too moving forward. Um, and I think this could tie right into that where yeah. it's like, you know, if you like, introduce us to blah, blah, blah. We'll give you, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, at the end of the day, there's there's so many tried and true methods yeah. to get in front of all these different places. I, w- I would just remove any fear of why people are want, you know, are afraid to try it. Yeah. And so answer that as quickly as you possibly can. And everything else is easy after that. Because, I mean, look, even my parents are like, you know, they're, they come from like an Indian household where they're like, you know, no drinking, no alcohol, no, you know, marijuana, no nothing. I would just compare it to bone, right? Our culture has Bro. had weed in our drinks for thousands of no, years. No, our parents are like... Now they're like super supportive. Like, so it's funny. My parents and their friends like, like fucking love Loki. You know, yeah. it's, I would never think that because they're like traditional Indian parents, right? And wow. like the if whole. If we can break that market, yeah. I mean, like the rest is like. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that market's even easier than everything else because our parents have been drinking weed infused beverages yeah, since hung. they were kids. Yeah. Right? It's, it's part of one holiday that we have that everyone just drinks this like milk infused cannabis. Yeah. Or cannabis infused. And milk. it's super strong. <laughs> like, milk infused get fucked up. Right. Like, and so, like, I, I would say a glass of that. Is probably twenty five grams more, more, more for yeah, sure. Yeah, really a glass of bong, like it is a lot. Like you're on, you're, you're out yeah. after yeah. one glass. It's yeah. like, it's like one of those giant lussy glasses, exactly. Right? Yeah. Bong, right? Yeah. And one of those, you're you're zonked out. They're for not sure. they're not measuring it, bro. They're yeah. just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, I can eat a lot of rotis, yeah. but I can eat a lot more rotis yeah. <laughs> on that specific day because yeah. I'm drinking that beverage. So I, I mean I don't think that community is that hard or like yeah. the parents to convince them. But the, I mean the stigma of it, you know, the space you're in, like it's it was difficult, right? No, you didn't think that. Almost every culture that currently exists has a specific use for, for marijuana and cannabis. They just not talked about outside of their culture. Yeah. yeah. So you just got to figure out each one of those things. Like the Latinx community has it with the different things that happen. Um, I think it's around the Moritos holiday, you know, the Day of the Dead. That that's, that's, that's now. That's like it's tomorrow. Yeah. I think. Right, right. right. And yeah. there's a thing that cannabis is involved with that oh, too, right? Um, the Greeks had it in a variety of different things. I mean, you, you think they were going to Greek bathhouses and not smoking? <laughs> yeah. Of course they were, right? I think, I think they had this thing where they would like burn it in a pile and then like fan it. Yeah, so to Caesar and everyone else, and like they would just have like this like like vibe right. time, or they were hanging out five times. Caesar. <laughs> so I mean, like all, all this stuff exists. You yeah. just have to figure out what that one thing is, and then yeah. let Harji do his thing. Yeah. Word, <laughs> dude. But, but guys, thanks so much for coming down. Yeah. I think I think it's awesome to get someone in this category. I'm, I'm like tearing up over a she's posting about me tomorrow. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll probably be like. I was on Unkur's podcast yeah. instead of. <laughs> I was on my first podcast. How did I do? I'm kidding. I won't do that. But I thought it was funny to say that. I just I know Rod Shaw will be the first comments. Come on, think, our podcast you know, next. Going back to that, I think it's so crazy that it's like the universe telling us to sign. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. He's gonna change it up for the next company that comes. Uh. <laughs> no man, no. This, this works. It's great. It's, this is what we're sticking with. Yeah.
Yeah, but, uh, but thanks so much for, for coming down. I know that you had to come all the way to Jersey from Brooklyn, so all good. I appreciate you for that. Uh, I mean, any other? No, nah, man, it, it was a pleasure having you guys, learning a lot about this industry. The product is great. It tastes great. It looks awesome. Dope. So thanks, thanks guys. you guys for coming down. No, no for real. Okay, take care, guys. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. See you.